1: Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor.
2: I'm Olivia Cornu.
1: Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it is wonderful to see you. How are you? How has your week, been?
2: It's been a lovely week. Nothing too exciting has been happening. How about you? How are you?
1: I'm good. Just working and researching and doing stuff for the podcast. I mean, just the normal week. It's been quiet. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like sick in the house, which is nice. So, you know, it's starting to kind of get back to normal and I've enjoyed it being low key.
2: Right. Sometimes that's not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, this is a short on time episode. This week is your week. Before we jump into it, tell us a little bit about it. What are we gonna be covering? What we got going on? What's cooking this week?
2: Well, this is another Thanksgiving episode, but it's definitely not as gruesome as the last ones. This just happens to happen on Thanksgiving.
1: Well, I love that we are keeping with the trend. What is that? That is, this is our fourth episode that is Thanksgiving on theme. So, you know, I don't care if it happened on Thanksgiving day, then to me that qualifies. So I know you're short on time. I'm short on time. The audience is like, let's carve into this like a Thanksgiving turkey, get to the meat of this story. What do you say? Should we quit with the Gabby Gabby, get to the Thanksgiving stabby stabby? Should we jump on into it? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's do it.
2: On Thanksgiving Day 2022, Tammy and Darren were planning to visit their brother Carlin and his wife for the holiday. Carlin had been diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia two years prior. He had planned to have his family arrive at his Albuquerque, New Mexico home around 1 p.m. for lunch on Thanksgiving Day. Darren flew into town and was the first to arrive at the home. He knocked repeatedly but received no answer. He called Carlin's phone, but again, no answer. Darren then called his sister Tammy when he could not get a response at the house. He left Carlin and Connie's home to pick up his sister. Meanwhile, Tammy called Albuquerque police to meet at their brother's house for a welfare check. Shockingly, the dispatch reported to the siblings that police could not force entry on the home, but they did encourage them to find their own entrance into the house. Tammy and Darren searched all the doors and windows, but they were all locked. Ultimately, the pair had to take the front door off the hinges, and what they found was shocking and disturbing. According to Tammy, the house was dark when they entered. There was no sign of Carlin or Connie. They made their way through the home until they reached the bedroom. There, 62-year-old Carlin Dino was lying in the bed with cuts to his neck and his legs. Connie was laying lifeless on the floor next to the bed. The sight was horrific. Connie's body was dismembered and disemboweled. Tammy immediately called 911 again to report that her brother murdered his wife. Police quickly arrived at the Dino home and detained Carlin before he was taken to a local hospital to be treated. Now I mentioned earlier that Carlin was diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia. Any guesses at what that could be, John, or do you know what that is?
1: I don't. And I was going to ask, but I figured at some point, you, you know, with your background, you would probably jump in and give an explanation, but I would imagine if I had to guess that it might be something maybe similar to like CTE or something of that nature.
2: Uh, kind of similar. So basically, uh, for a quick lesson, frontal temporal dementia is caused by nerve cell damage in both the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain. Now, usually damage to these areas of the brain can cause changes in behavior and personality. So, like, if you ever hear someone say they don't have any frontal lobes or, you know, they would take people's frontal lobes, like, changes.
1: Now, question, could that be triggered by something like a TBI, like traumatic brain injury or something like that?
2: Yeah, so, is like, is most TBI... Different? some t- well. I'm not going to say most TBIs, TBIs are usually like a frontal contusion. Like you have damage to the front part of the brain and then you have behavioral changes because your frontal lobes is like what makes you, you.
1: Yeah. I had a very good friend of mine growing up who, after we graduated moved to Chicago and he was uh, riding his bike in the bike lane, and got hit by a car from the back and it threw him forward and he, you know, had a helmet on, but the helmet went up and he still mm-hmm. it, like hit the front of his head. And it was that kind of thing where there was damage and, you know, his personality changed and lots of memory issues and stuff like that. But that was the first thing that kind of came to my mind.
2: Yeah. So it's just a different type of damage to the basically brain cells there. Okay. Gotcha. But people who are diagnosed with the behavioral type of dementia tend to have a decline in socially appropriate behavior, self-control and judgment. Now, Carlin Dino was charged with one count of first degree murder. And the family was clearly devastated by the tragic loss of Connie and the mental health concern they had for their brother Carlin. Now, just a month after he brutally murdered and dismembered his wife, Albuquerque police announced that Carlin Daniel was taken to a local hospital and was being treated for self-inflicted wounds. And he would later die in the hospital. Now I couldn't really find much information about whether the family really noticed any major behavioral changes in Carlin, and I think this is what more so Drew me to the case was, yeah, it was happened on Thanksgiving. I think that was just a coincidence, but I think the science behind it is kind of what piqued my interest. So now there's ongoing research on like be, a behavioral variant of frontal temporal dementia, and it's usually studied like post mortem. And so I know there was a lot to do about CTE that was coming up, you know, with um, I think it was Aaron Hernandez who was the football player. Yeah. Um, that had committed some murders. And so you can't diagnose CTE until post-mortem. And they actually look at what the brain tissue looks like under a microscope. And so there's research about this behavioral variant and this type of dementia trying to say, you know, that some of these behavioral changes um, are like CTE. Now, this is just all, I won't call it speculation, but it's still being researched and things like that. It's a theory. Yeah. So it's not like
1: this could be it.
2: Yeah. So these aren't facts about any of these diagnoses, but it piqued my interest because I don't know that if someone's dementia was that severe, the family would have like warning signs, you know? And I feel like they would be like, Hey, let's not press charges. He needs like mental health help, you know? And so I just, I find it interesting in the sense that like, if this would have gone to trial, How would this have turned out? Would, you know, the defense claim, oh, this was his dementia. He, you know, it doesn't have capacity, that kind of thing. Or would it have been more of like a cover up, you know, like, oh, I have dementia. I'm going to plead insanity, but I killed my wife anyways, you know. And this is an unfortunately a case that we'll never know. And I'm just speculating at that point. But I thought it was interesting because I just don't feel that someone's dementia could be so severe that he could dismember and disembowel his his spouse and even the neighbors were very shocked
1: yeah it's very strange right because i know there are examples uh, like for example you know people who have tbis and things like that they can go from being you know, completely mellow, like mild people to, like you said, there's behavioral changes. So they go through There's you
2: patterns. Know. You see yeah. it changing.
1: You know, they could be someone who normally like really gentle and loving and then something like that happens and you know, they're aggressive and you know, and, and then you're, you add on top being like frustrated and angry about like what they're dealing with, you know? Yeah. You're right. It is really interesting because I do wonder if it had gone to trial, if, you it would have been a legitimate defense or, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm sure doctors would have testified and, and things of that nature. Yeah, I
2: feel like there would have been a lot of psychological testing and evaluation before it went to trial.
1: Yeah. I think like Chris Benoit is like the, the biggest kind of example of this where, you know, he was a wrestler with a lot of, you know, took a lot of hits to the head and stuff like that. And, you know, ended up murdering his whole family and committing suicide. But like, You know, people described him as like the sweetest guy and loving and, you know, what I mean, it was like totally outside of his character. So it's, you know, the brain is super strange. You know, it's you take a hit or, you know, bump your head too hard or something like that. And it like completely has the potential to rewire who you are as a person. It's very strange.
2: That's why I work with brains. It's the most interesting organ in the body.
1: Mm, I would say the skin is the... (laughs) <laughs> the epidermis is the most no i'm just kidding but, yes.
2: but that is my case this week and i just like i said the science gap got, got me more than the goriness what do you think
1: yeah like i said i definitely think it's interesting like you know again if he was a loving husband and i think that's the other thing too right Is like we don't know if there was a history uh or if in, if any there were any behavioral changes right like the brother and sister had to fly into town to see him so we don't really know what was going on in the house with carlin and connie and maybe there were some things that were happening that they just weren't aware of you know um, and people
2: will cover up those kind of things like they'll make it be known like hey when we're around people you know they'll people i've seen couples where they cover up the the issue so that people don't notice like you cover up the grandma's forgetting so that people don't realize that that's what's happening
1: yeah. You know, and especially if it is someone that you love and somebody that you're in a relationship with and it's causing strain, you know, Kara and I don't ever get into fights and then go someplace and be like, well, let me tell you why we're fighting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's like an every couple thing where like, you know, maybe you have someplace to be in 10 minutes and you get to do like a giant fight at home and then you get there and you're like, yeah, everything's fine. It's fine. We're good. We're having I a great love him. day. Right? You no, know, you know, and. I think my favorite example of that is I think I've told you this story before, but when the only time I've been to New Orleans, I was plastered and I have pictures of like it's me and her and we're like next to each other and we're smiling. But I was so drunk and so obnoxious, she was so mad at me. And iPhone takes live photos, so you can like press your thumb down and see like the little 30 second video. And so you see her like smiling and then she'll come and the, her face just immediately switches to so like, I hate this guy, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's a really good analogy for this is like, you can put on that, that smiling face, but there may be something going on that you just don't know about, you know? So it's, it's really interesting. And, and I do wonder what that defense would look like. And I also wonder like, you know, again, knowing somebody who is, is gone through, I mean, not this, but, uh, you know, has dealt with, you know, problems with the brain and and trauma to the brain, like Mm -hmm. you have guilt. You know what I mean? Like, you have guilt about being like, I'm sorry I flipped out. You know what I mean? That's not who I am. You know, so I wonder if, you know, him self-inflicting that wound on himself was, you know, because of guilt of like, oh, my God, I like I killed my wife.
2: Right. And I also don't know how when they said that they found him in the bed, like with the cuts on his neck and his legs, like uh, there's not a lot of details about how graphic that was or if it appeared to be like, a you know, like a murder suicide type thing. You know, because he did self inflicted wounds when he was in the in the jail, and right. so I wonder if the initial was you know murder suicide, but we'll never know. Yeah. But so where are you thinking, Deadbolt? I mean, for me, you can rank it low; it's fine. You can even give it a zero if you want.
1: No, 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 I'm not <laughs> doing that. I think for me, like for the, if if the Deadbolt test was like a sad scale, I'd be like, this is a ten, like on yeah. you know, because obviously there was something going on in the brain like something that they
2: beyond his control
1: yeah and and then the strain that that must put on the relationship and and stuff like that i think deadbolt test you know i might put this at like a four i'm not you know gonna check my locks but it, it is scary to think that you know like i said like you'd be walking out to the car and hit a patch of ice man fall and hit your head and then you're different for the rest of your life and that's like a scary thought so you know, I'm not checking my locks, but I'm definitely going to make sure I'm keeping an eye out so I don't run into anything for sure. Yeah. But what about you? Where are you putting it at?
2: I'm going to do it about a three. Like, it's nothing that scares me. Like, again, the science got me behind it because I just I want to know how this case would have went um, had he not died before it could go to, go to trial, because I think more details would have come out. And then we could have really seen, you know, was this dementia as severely progressed enough to make him viciously murder his wife? um so yeah it's not super scary not gonna make me go check my locks but it is it's always unsettling uh, when we talk about the, any murder that you know we come across
1: yeah and I mean you know you see so many things like online like I remember seeing a video where it's like you know this guy's grandmother has dementia and so he goes and sits with her and, and like reintroduces himself to her like every day right mm-hmm. but You know, I can imagine that, like, if you're somebody with dementia and there's somebody there being like, I'm your wife or I'm your grandson or, you know, I'm whatever, like, it could be scary, you know? And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that there are situations or like documented reports of, you know, somebody getting scared and freaked out and maybe attacking somebody else, you know what I mean? But this is definitely on the extreme side. Like I said, I think for me, this is more just thinking that Connie lost her wife and she had, you know, because of everything that was going on, she'd probably lost her husband before that, you know, and then thinking about this family who's now lost a brother. It's just, it's sad, but I'm not double checking the locks and I don't think he's, you know, anybody like that's coming for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it was a good case. I liked it. Thanks. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's short on time episode, but as always, we got to throw it over to the locksmiths. Where does the murder of Connie DeNeo fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know, reach out to us on Instagram at check the locks pod, find us on Twitter, check the locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us, spend some time with us. We would love to get to know you. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting check the locks, you like what we do here. You can do so by becoming a patron, head over to patreoncom forward slash check the locks to get signed up today. We got a lot of great tiers, exclusive stickers, coffee mugs, T-shirts, all things you can only get for being a patron. Plus, you get the episodes ad-free and early. So if you love Check the Locks, but you hate those damn commercials, Patreon is the way to do it. So again, you want to help us keep the lights on, throw us a few bones every month, patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks, get signed up today. And if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand just listening and hanging out with us every week means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're spending time with us, you're letting your friends know about the show, just know that that means the world to us. Again, it is that grassroots growth, right? You like what we do. You tell your friends about it. They check it out. Helps us get in front of more listeners, helps us to grow our community and just get in front of more people. So if you are sharing what we do with the people that are important to you, Just know we appreciate it more than we can tell you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to...
0: Check the Locks. See you next week.